You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 56, answering your questions on agents, actors' equity, New York City, self-tapes, and more. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Barra here. Welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by my Build Your Musical Theater audition book online course. Now, as a musical theater actor, you know that your audition book is the most important thing that you own. Whether you're an aspiring actor in high school, a college student getting ready for summer stock auditions, or a professional gearing up for auditions in a big city, your audition book can make or break you. Desperate for some audition book inspiration? Dozens of students are finding massive success with my online course, Build Your Musical Theater Audition Book. As a student of the course, you'll gain access to videos breaking down each genre, including traditional musical theater, contemporary musical theater, and pop and rock, downloadable audition book checklists and templates to stay organized, multiple lists of song suggestions by genre and vocal type, tips on how to find the perfect audition songs, the ultimate guide to making audition cuts, and examples of 32-bar and 16-bar cuts in each genre. Ready to get started? Go to actoraesthetic.com forward slash book to learn more. Hi guys, so before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to read this really lovely review that I just saw on Apple Podcasts, and this is a review of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. It comes from Shadow Luminaire, and they say, I'm new to acting, and this podcast is a great resource to understand how to be a professional actor. This podcast is super handy for newbies and professionals to learn more about the industry. I just wanted to take the time to say thank you for leaving that review and also to all of you who continue to leave comments about the podcast, share it on your stories, send it to your friends in auditions and whatnot. You all are truly a gift and I appreciate your support of my blog and podcast and I also just appreciate this community that you're building within the industry. So thank you. Moving on to today's topic, we're going to be talking about a lot of things because as you know, periodically I hold Q&As on my Instagram story and I ask for you guys to ask me the important questions. I want to know what's on your mind, I want to know what you're curious about, and I want to try as hard as I can to 
give you advice and to generally just help you on your journey. Whether it's about auditioning, performing, college, traveling, New York City, anything, I am here to help. First question comes from Anastasia. She asks, should non-EC submit themselves when it asks for submissions from equity only? So, for those of you who may be unfamiliar, this is what Anastasia is talking about. Every once in a while, you will see a casting breakdown, a casting listing, whatever you want to call it, on Backstage or Actors' Equity or Playbill or Broadway World asking for submissions for a couple of roles in a show. Oftentimes, casting directors will list in this breakdown that they're looking for equity submissions only. So they want actors to submit directly to their office, either through email or snail mail. Oftentimes, these directions will be listed in the actual breakdown itself. And oftentimes, the casting director will list for equity actors only or seeking equity actors. Actors equity is just the union for actors. So if you're not a member, you would just be considered non-union which is what Anastasia is asking. My advice is when you see this, when you see this sort of listing and you're still non-union, you're not an equity actor, even though they're asking for equity submissions, I would still submit. If anyone's listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that a casting director has to say these specific words, like seeking equity actors, simply because it's listed in the contract for the specific production or season of shows at a certain theater. Just because they listed seeking equity actors only doesn't mean non-equity actors can't submit. Really, there's no hurt in submitting. Unless you're just completely wrong for the show and it would do you no good, submit anyway. Because I come from the belief that if you submit periodically, you will keep fresh on the casting director's mind. And if you're brand new, submitting periodically will start to get your name into their office. And maybe one day the casting director will see your submission, open it, and remember you. Even if they don't call you in for the show, if they don't give you an appointment from your submission, keeping tabs with casting directors and continuing to submit yourself for productions, whether they say seeking equity actors or not, is going to keep you on their minds and it's also going to introduce you to them if you're new to the city or if you're new to the industry. So that is my advice for that. This next question comes from Caroline. She asks twofold. So she says, what's it like living in New York? And do you live in an apartment by yourself? Well, Caroline, so far, I love New York. I love it so much. I love living here. I will say I do miss my family and my puppy a lot, but they're only like low-key an hour away, so it's not that sad. Um, And I often go home like every other weekend, but I love it. 
I love being like 20 minutes away from Broadway shows, 20 minutes away from auditions, 20 minutes away from friends. I just, I, I love the hustle and bustle of New York. I feel like I thrive in this sort of environment. I would never make it in a rural small town in middle America. I just couldn't do it because I thrive off of the energy of New York. So I love it. To answer your second question, I currently live with two of my really, 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 really good friends from Texas State. So we all went to school together. Liliana was a year below me and Anna Rose was two years below me. Anna Rose just graduated. So we're all living together. And like I said in last week's episode, if you didn't catch it, I, like many actors, am living with roommates One, because I love them, and two, because it also keeps the cost of living down. So our apartment is a lot less expensive when you live with two people as opposed to just living in it by yourself. Makes sense. And New York is so expensive. So living with roommates definitely makes your life a little bit easier. This next question comes from Whitney, and Whitney asks, How do you prepare sides for acting auditions? Well, so first of all, I often get sides for auditions when I have an appointment. So when I'm being called in for a specific role or track in a show, I often get sent sides beforehand. Every once in a while, I get sides that I have to cold read, which means the creative team gave me sides when I got to the audition and they made me look them over right before I walked in. Those are really fun because I just get to throw myself right into the material and there are less expectations on you because you just got the sides right when you walked in. But when I'm given the sides days or even sometimes if I'm lucky weeks in advance like I have an audition coming up where I have I'm auditioning for a specific role I was given the sides literally like three weeks before the audition which is amazing so my process is a little different depending on how much time I have to prepare in this situation for the show that I'm auditioning for in which I got my sides like three weeks in advance I like to really immerse myself in the show. If it's a show that already existed, I scour the internet. I read everything there is to know about the show, everything there is to know about who originally directed it, choreographed it, musically directed it. I find as many video clips as I can from the show. I try to find interviews from the creatives about the show. I even sometimes look at different versions of the show like different covers of the songs different people singing different songs from the show like I go into depth and when it comes time to preparing the sides I first try to just memorize the material without putting anything on it I just try to memorize it I literally read line by line over and over and over again most of the time I do this out loud putting nothing on it, no inflections, no acting, nothing, just so I can memorize word for word exactly what's on the page. 
Because I found that the more memorized I am, the more off book I am in an audition, ultimately, the better I do. I'm more focused. I know what's going on. I know what to expect. And I'm also better equipped to take whatever is thrown at me in the audition room. Like if the director wants me to do the material a different way or play something else, I I have a good foundation if I have the material as close to off book as possible. Once I have a good handle on the language, once I have a good handle of the dialogue and the character, I'm someone who likes to just quickly jot down a general map of the scene. I throw out a couple objectives. I try to figure out what the character is trying to achieve within that specific scene. And I also take note of the relationship my character has with whomever they're speaking to in the scene. Then I take into account all of the external factors of the scene. What's the time period of the show? Where is it set? Where does it take place? What is happening around the characters as the scene is going on? Finally, I roughly take note of the beats that are happening in the dialogue. I like to closely take a look at punctuation. So I often put little dashes in between periods or sentences or just the ends of phrases so that I can follow the character's thoughts. And once all of that is done, I go by trial and error and I try to find the character's voice and their physicality. So I think to myself, how would this character talk at this time of day, in this time period, in this mood? How would they speak? How do they sing? And how do they move around in the world? Because I'm someone who likes to work from the outside in. So if I can find for myself how the character speaks and sings and also moves about, walks around, sits down, stands up, then I can really find the heart of the character. Sometimes it's really easy for me to get lost in the homework, to get lost in the annotation of the scene. I often get lost in figuring out the objectives of the character and desperately trying to play each objective line by line. I'm just someone who likes to work from the outside in. It's different for everyone, but yeah, that's my process. This next question comes from Sarah. She asks, tips for prepping to make the move to New York City? So a couple of things. My biggest piece of advice is to save up as much money as you possibly can before moving here, simply because New York City is not exactly the most affordable place in the world. So before you even consider moving to New York, you're going to want to have a good chunk of change stored away as a financial buffer. Also, if you're planning on moving to New York, I would suggest subletting first. Subletting is just known as renting a room without adding your name to the lease. If you're not committed to signing a lease just yet, I would try subletting in different neighborhoods to get a feel for what you like best. I'd also get on all the apartment hunting sites because gone are the days of scouring newspapers and bulletin boards for an apartment. Many apartment sites now have apps to sift through listings. 
So use filters on like Zillow and Naked Apartments and Street Easy to save searches and set up notifications for listings in your price range and preferred neighborhood. If you do this now, before you move to New York, you'll have a better understanding of the price range that you want and the amenities that you're looking for. Now, in regards to your acting career, I'm going to give you right now the freedom not to worry about running into auditions the second you get here. And here's why. If you're moving to New York City from somewhere far away or even 40 minutes away, regardless of where you're coming from, it's gonna be a little disorienting the second you get here. Even if you've visited here before, even if you've come here before to see a Broadway show, it's still not the same as living here, truly living here, taking the subway to and from, buying groceries, having furniture, paying rent, working a day job. All of these things are really important things that you're going to want to do first. Your sanity and peace of mind always should come first. So again, once you come here, I'm giving you the freedom right now to worry about your mental health and your well-being in a brand new city before you throw yourself into auditioning and the hecticness that awaits you. It'll always be there. Once you're settled in, though, I would say get on all of the actor job boards. I did an episode, I think it's called the five actor job boards you need to be on, something like that, but... It just breaks down each one of the job boards that are most important if you're trying to pursue a career in musical theater. Some of those are Actors Access, Backstage, Actors Equity, if you're a member. But those sites are going to be your lifeline. They're going to be the way you're going to find out about auditions, about EPAs, ECCs, open calls. Those are going to be your go-tos. This next question comes from Angelica. Angelica asks, thoughts and advice on video auditions for musicals that accept them? This is a good question because more often than not, casting directors are asking for self-tapes from actors, especially if they're not local to the theater or not local to New York, whatever the case. It has become very popular to ask for a self-tape. So I'd say my biggest piece of advice is read the directions carefully. Always start by reading the guidelines closely so that you can follow the specific directions of the casting director because every casting office has a different way they like to have self-tapes uploaded. So be sure to double check any notes that they gave you. Some offices might want clips uploaded separately or edited together to make one continuous take of all the scenes and slates and whatever. Really, I would just make sure that you're looking for the specifics. Did the casting director ask for a slate? before the audition clip? Did they ask for a specific framing, like a full body shot or just from the shoulders up? Did they ask for you to upload the videos with a specific format? Did they ask for the video to be sent through Dropbox, YouTube, Vimeo? And if 
they don't have all of the specifics listed and you're curious, don't be afraid to ask questions. If there's a way to get in contact with the creative team or casting director that's accepting submissions, ask them, email them, whatever. Don't be annoying, but definitely don't be afraid to ask questions. Also, another one, this is a big kicker, but get off book before recording. I would suggest memorizing your sides before taping because though it's standard procedure to hold a script when auditioning in person, it's crucial that you give a performance and not a read on video. It's really distracting when your eyes drop down to the page to search for a line when you're on camera. It takes everyone out of the scene. And finally, be aware of your lighting. If you're recording during the day, Stand close to the window. Make sure that window is coming on you to get natural light. Don't let the light be behind you. Always make sure that the light is in front of you and shining on you. In the evening, really try to avoid fluorescent or high contrasting lighting. Um, My roommate just invested in a ring light from Amazon and it has definitely changed the game. I love ring lights. They make you look amazing on camera. So I would consider looking into one of those if you find yourself doing self-tapes frequently. Episode 48 on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast called 10 Tips to Nail Your Next Self-Tape Audition goes into depth on all of this. So if you want more information on how to nail your self-tape, check out episode 48. This next question comes from Marika. She says, how important is it to have an agent? The honest answer? It's not the end all be all. Let me destroy the myth right now. You don't need to have an agent to be on Broadway. You don't need to have an agent to be a successful actor. You don't need to have an agent to be a working actor. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because I literally know people who don't have agents who are working, successful, and even on Broadway. With all of that being said, it does help to have an agent simply because oftentimes agents may have a pull in the industry to get you into the rooms that you want to be in. Agents that already have pre-existing professional relationships with people in the industry are going to have a little bit more power to get you audition appointments that you might not otherwise get yourself. That doesn't mean you can't get those auditions yourself. It just might be a little bit more challenging, which I think is a good segue to our last question of the episode. This question comes from Eric, And he says, do you have tips on securing representation if you didn't go to a school with a showcase included? So what he's asking is, how do you get an agent if you didn't go to a college, like a musical theater school, that had a showcase in a big city like New York City, LA, Chicago, etc.? Some schools do offer the ability to perform in a showcase that happens in a big city, in a big theater hub, at the end of your senior year in front of various invited casting directors, agents, and creatives in the industry. 
Now, my advice to those of you who did not or are not going to a college where you have a showcase, and even if you've been to a college that has a showcase and you didn't secure representation after the showcase. If you're still on the hunt for representation, here are a couple of things that you can do to put your best foot forward. The first thing you can do is put all of your material, your headshot, resume, stapled back to back, and also a cover letter into a large envelope, like one of those manila envelopes, and literally send it, snail mail it, to the agent. You can also try to email the agency, but I would double check on their website if you can find it, like how they like to receive submissions because they will flat out tell you if they want your submission through mail or if they want your submission through email. I believe if you are subscribed to Backstage, they have a feature that lists out all of the industry agencies in whatever city you're looking for and what their address is and how they would like to receive submissions. The second way you can search for and submit to agencies is by doing workshops with them, either through studios like The Growing Studio or Actors Connection, studios that have a good representation of hooking people up with agents by working with them periodically, either over a couple of weeks or a couple of days, or even performing in a showcase in front of a couple of agents. Though, for most of these workshops and showcases, you do have to pay for them in order to be in them. I have definitely heard of more success stories doing it this way than just cold submitting your materials to agencies. Simply because you're getting yourself out there face-to-face in front of them as opposed to sending them an email that could easily go to their spam folder or just go completely overlooked or mailing your resume and headshot and risking it just getting thrown out. If you're not finding success going these routes, I would just continue to hustle. I would just continue to go on auditions, go to open calls, go to EPAs, submit yourself on all of the job boards, find auditions that you're super right for, and just go to them and get in front of casting directors because you can absolutely get work without an agent. Like I said before, it's a lot easier to get in the door with an agent, but that doesn't mean that it's going to stifle your chances of getting work as long as you're being smart about it. For more in-depth information on how and where to find an agent, check out episode 11 of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Well, there you have it. That's all the time I have today to answer your questions, though don't worry. I'm literally a freak and I write down all of your questions Every last question you guys ask me on my Instagram stories when I hold those Q&As, I write them down and I put them in a Google Drive and I try to get to them when I can. Sometimes I'll put your questions in an episode like this where I answer multiple questions and sometimes if I have a lot to say about a specific topic, I will literally break down your question in its own episode. 
But if you enjoy these types of Q&A episodes, totally let me know. If you're on Instagram, shoot me a DM. Let me know if you like these Q&A episodes because I am here to serve you. I love you all. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, share it to your Instagram story, and tag at Actor Aesthetic because I love to see who's following along with me there. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.